Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London, a church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. Good afternoon, church. Um, How many of you know that you can't turn on the news at least recently without hearing about beheadings abroad but also at home and 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 that related in some way shape or form to islamic quote-unquote extremism and um pastor rob along with daniel um and also tim and bell who are actually from um, Arizona, along with Diane, Tim and, and Bell are actually have actually been in China as missionaries for for fourteen years, but they're they're, they're kind of based in the states. Um, they're back in the states. Um, pastor Rob is the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Arizona. Been there for twenty odd years, I think about twenty five years. Been a pastor there, and a brother whose name is Daniel, who I believe is from another Calvary Chapel, um, but working closely with um, Pastor Rob. Um, Daniel um, is a brother who um, speaks Arabic and has had a a ministry to Muslims for 25 years. We thought after having, you know, maybe about 45 minutes to an hour spent with them this morning, felt like it was a great opportunity and a one-off opportunity for them to share a little bit about their ministry with us. And um, we've taken the liberty to do that. Um, Pastor Rob um, in Arizona has an organization that's called Christian Islamic Dialogue. And apparently there's a, there's a, there's a university there, and I'm sure they'll be able to elaborate on this. A university there, did you say 6,500 or did you say 65,000? 65,000 students at this university. And um, there's a large, um, obviously, Muslim population there. And... They, as a ministry, go to go to mosques every Friday, and they dialogue. I, I, I hesitate to say the word debate because the ministry that God has given them is very unique, and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. At least in terms of my initial um, appreciation of the ministry, and um, they have a three-step strategy that they'll explain. And they mention the fact that London is the Islamic capital of Europe. So we're convinced that whatever they have to say about Islam from a Christian point of view is stuff that we need to hear. And um, they also mention the fact that, did you know, do you know what the most popular name, um, Muhammad is the most popular name that's been given to children. Um, it's not Robert or Peter or James or Harry. It's Muhammad. And... Um, I feel like already I have so much to share. I'm going to give them an opportunity to come and share with us. They have two goals. They're here in in London, um, particularly because they feel like the Lord has just called them here um, temporarily. And they... They're trying to meet as many Muslims as possible to share the gospel with and to dialogue with. But also their other goal is to partner with churches. And so... We see it as a, as a great opportunity and, and a great privilege that the Lord has connected us. And um, I'd like you to join with me just as we welcome um, Pastor Rob and Daniel as they come and share with us this, this afternoon. I'm just going to pray for them as they come. Heavenly Father, we, um, we are learning to expect the unexpected and um, Father, we're, we're trusting in you with all our heart and we're trying not to lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you, trusting that you will direct our paths. And um, Lord, we find ourselves here in a very unusual place this, this afternoon as a church. And um, Father, we're saying that we're trusting in you and we're looking to you and we're asking that as these brothers, Lord, from across the, 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 the pond, Lord, who are from the States, have come to share with us today their heart, which we see is your heart, um, not just for us as a church, as a ministry, Lord, but for, for those who are disconnected from you. 
and um, in such desperate need of the gospel. Um, Lord, would you help them as they share? And would you give us ears to hear and give them grace, Lord? Um, We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Thank you so much for your warm welcome. Thank you, pastors, for your flexibility. My name is Daniel, and this is not my real name. I have to go by this name because of the threatening of many Muslims in our ministry. Uh, We thank you so much for giving us this time, and we are so happy to see a church filled with young people. Our idea about the church in England, generally, they are old people. (laughs) <laughs> so he said, oh, are we in London? Yes. Uh, so thank God for, for this. Um, uh, we need to share a little bit about the challenge in front of a church, and we don't want to say like political people, oh, we don't see any danger coming from this side. No, it's a great danger. Islam is the biggest nation worldwide. It's 1.5 billion people. Why is this? Because of the high birth rate of Muslims comparing to any other nations. So as a statistics for London, for England, the birth rate of Muslims are 7.1, I think. And the birth rate of English people generally with immigrants is 1.5. So when you think in in the future... Muslims are quiet and nice, and, they, and, and they, they know that the future is theirs. It's not ours. And do we have a power in a church to encounter this? Or we just need to preach the gospel <laughs> inside the church? No. We need to preach the gospel outside the church more than inside the church. Because Jesus has spent most of his life... Outside the church, outside the buildings. Am I right? So, we have also the team, Pastor Robert. We have Brother Tim and brother, uh, Sister Bill and Sister Diane with us. And we are praying, by the way, we are praying for the B team to come. They are four people. They are praying for hospitality. They're just looking for any place to stay in London for 10 days from 20, from the 10th to the 20th of September. So um, pray with us, please, because their tickets are ready to come, but they are looking for a place to stay. God led, uh, um, so statistically, we need to know that there is a danger in front of a church. We don't have a problems with we don't have a problem with Muslims, but we have a problem with Islam. Why? Because Islam is antichrist spirit. This was this is written in a Bible in First John four. Who is antichrist? This that denies that Jesus came in the flesh. This the Bible said this. This is a spirit. This is not a religion. This is not a philosophy. This is not a group of people. The Bible defines it. This is a spirit. We don't want to think like people in the world. Oh, let's get weapons and do and do this. No. No, this is not our way to do this. But let us get the gospel. And encounter them. And the gospel is glorious. It's so powerful. When we step out, when we give some of our time to reach out with people like Brother Mike, what he's doing. And I know that many of you is doing this. But the challenge is big. Because if we don't reach out to these guys today with the gospel, they will reach out to us tomorrow. Am I right? So I'm putting responsibility of anyone on anyone, please. We are not here just to, to, to share with you a little bit. But I'm here to put a responsibility on anyone. Reach out to Muslim as much as you can. And if God allows we may do a training here, we are maybe planning to do this. But if God allows, and I encourage you to come. And the training will be two things. We may do teaching here for like one hour. Then we will go out someplace where Muslims, that we can talk with them. 
Then when we come to the area of talking to Muslims, people having like what's called Jonah attitude. Do you know Jonah attitude in the Bible, in the Old Testament? God told Jonah, go to what? Ninevites. And Jonah said, no, they deserve judgment. They need to be killed. They are brutal. They are so bad people. How, you, how, how am I going to tell them the gospel? God said, no. I have a merciful heart. I love the sons of Ishmael. I love them. I'm going to restore them. Just go, no, just go, Jonah. Just go and talk to them. Jonah said, no. Some Christians have this attitude towards Muslims. And this need to be cleaned by the blood of Jesus. That God will give you love to this biggest nation that they can be restored in the Bible. Do we follow our imaginations or we follow something from the Bible? In Isaiah 21, 16, he speaks about Kedar. Kedar is the second son of Ishmael the biological father of all Arabs and Muslims. And he said, Kedar, at the last days, Kedar will know the Lord. And the military power, the violence power in Islam will be broken at the last days. I want to tell you, London is in great challenge. By the way, I'm an Egyptian pastor. I pastor 15 house churches. Do you know underground church like China? I pastor 15 of them. God allowed me to go to the States four years ago and stay there in the States. That we do the ministry and reaching out to Muslims. In Egypt, do you know Egypt last year? Egypt is the biggest Middle Eastern country. It's 90 million people. In Egypt, there were a Muslim Brotherhood president. Are you familiar with this? And all his gang was controlling the country. And he took over for one year and God kicked him out. All of his gang. With Qatar, with Turkey, all of this international big group, big, big group. Okay? So they have kicked, they had kicked from Egypt. Do you know where is their headquarter now? What do you think? London. They moved all their activities because of the blindness of many people. And they allowed them to stay here. And their headquarters moved from Cairo to London. Is this, is this good or bad? No, it's not good. Because these guys believe in spreading their message by violence. Again, we have to love people, but we have to think about the ideology. If the ideology is against God, we have to encounter it. The challenge is big. And I, 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 I don't want to go more because we don't want to see our kids suffering. We don't want to see our kids having a, a bad time in the future. How we encounter this? Simply two things. Pray. And I know, guys, you are a prayer warrior. And go outside and talk with them. And as we are followers of Jesus, we follow the footsteps of Jesus. So when I went in the States, I said, Lord, I had to stay in the States because of the religious persecution as a pastor. And I think you are familiar of this story. So I had to stay, and I said, Lord, I'm going to stay in the States. What do you want me to do? So as followers of Christ, Jesus did most of his missionary work. He went to where? To the temple. Are you with me? It's okay? Jesus, most of his missionary work, he went to the religious place, the temple. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus was born in Saudi Arabia... Where he will go? To the mosque, to Mecca, to pilgrimage, to preach the gospel. Is this right? So go to 
religious places has two significance. You are cleaning this place from the demonic spirits. And I don't want to explain this. This is just uh, another thing. And also to tell people about Jesus. Because the people who go to a religious place are the most devoted people to a false god. Like Paul when he was Saul. They want to hear. And we saw a lot of things. So God blessed us by having a team together. It's called the Christian Islamic Dialogue. How you connect with us? Facebook Christian Islamic Dialogue. So if you just check this, you will be with us anytime. I just mentioned London, Calvary Chapel. We will, we will be connected. Or CIDcenter.org. Sorry, .net. CIDcenter.net. What we do simply is we encourage each other. And I'm encouraged when I listen to Brother Mike that you guys go out. And I encourage each one in the church to go outside. The church is a ship of salvation or a ship of entertainment or activities. <laughs> what do you think? It's a ship of what? Salvation. salvation. If the church doesn't tell people about Jesus, they are doing a bad job. We have churches in America, you know, big. And I was in one of these churches, thousand people. And the minister asked the people, how many of you guys speak, spoke this week about Jesus with someone? Out of, out of 1,000, 30 people, he counted them, 30 people. What are we doing? Are we confused to this extent? We are just waving to people. We are, we are in a ship here and just waving to people dying outside and just, uh, oh, die in peace. Die in <laughs> peace. I'm going to pray for you. If you pray for people and you don't reach out to them, your prayer is insufficient and it's unacceptable. Pray sometimes is a back door. To flee from God's responsibility. The responsibility on anyone who knows Jesus. Do I need to be qualified? No. Do I need to go a theology or a, sem a, a seminar? Seminary. Seminary, thank you. Seminary, sorry, English is not my native language. <laughs> I would I speak my language, but you may not understand me. <laughs> Do you need to go to seminary? No. Biblically, the Samaritan woman. Do you know the story of Samaritan woman? She is. What's her slate? What's her slate? Bad. Bad. But Jesus allowed her. He didn't send her. But he allowed her to go get her husband. If I was with Jesus, he's sending her to do a missionary work. I said... Jesus, you are doing a big mistake. You are going to devastate the missionary work. Our reputation. Jesus, you are sending this lady. No. But he did. And she did a great revival. There is no qualification to witness. There is, you don't need anything. Just you need to be born again. And you ask filling of the Holy Spirit that you can go. There is no qualification. So what we do simply is we go and talk with Muslims at the mosque. And we expected that they will be tough. They will be fighting. Of course, there are sometimes there is tough discussions. That's, that's, uh, Jesus did with this with the scribes and the Pharisees. Most of, many of his discussions was not, was this, of his discussions was not easy. It was a debate. Sometimes he was about to be stoned. Sometimes he was about to be kicked out. Sometimes he talked. This is how to carry the cross. So let me ask you a question. Are you willing to carry the pain and suffering with Jesus? Or do you want to spend a nice time in London and enjoy your life? And just let's be soft. There is no softness in Christianity. There is no softness in following Jesus. There are always, there are many, many times pain and suffering. 
carrying the cross of Jesus Christ. It's not easy to talk to people, but as you grow in the training, talking to people, you'll find it easier and easier. Besides, God will send you the Holy Spirit to fill you and encourage you. Every time you grow in the training, you grow with God, you grow with talking to people. And when you go to heaven, your great work that you did will follow you. God led us as a team to go to Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan is called the Islamic capital of America. As London Muslims call it the Islamic capital of Europe. Do you know this? They call it, they call it the Islamic, London is the Islamic capital of Europe. They call it like this. Because they know that within 30 years, the majority will be Muslims. And then when we vote, they will get the vote. Do we have a solution for this? Absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. I'll give you an example in the Bible. Elijah, an aged man, came in front of all Israel. One man in front of a nation. And all Israel were backsliding, were denying God, were worshiping idols. But Elijah stand up. And he said, it's a time for a challenge. And I pray that this message will come to you today. And you stand up for England, for your kids, for the future of your country. I'm serious. I'm serious. If you speak Arabic, you will know more, more and more how this is serious. It's a wake-up call. And I pray in the name of Jesus that each one of you start to look around. We can help you even if you're far away. Thank you for the technology. We can talk. We can email. We can do anything to help you. But it's a responsibility. It's a responsibility. And I pray that the fire of God will come to your heart. Say, I'm going to stand up. Like Elijah. Not only for my family. But for what? For England. For England. God one heart people like this. We have a, a city. Did I cross the line? <laughs> five more minutes. I teach. Oh yeah, yeah I will. I, I will but uh, I, I used to teach in house churches in Egypt for three hours. Do you want to apply Egypt's mode? <laughs> I'm kidding. I will finish two minutes. So God. <laughs> by the way, two minutes in Egypt yeah, mean like say, half an hour. Wait, uh, <laughs> I've heard of Egyptian two minutes. <laughs> I don't want to take that time of tester. So God told us, go to Michigan, to Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan, are the, uh, called, they call it the Islamic capital of America, 80% Muslims. If you go to YouTube and write down Dearborn, Michigan, arresting of Christians, they arrested Christians and deported them from Dearborn because they spread the gospel. In America! In America! I forgot to tell this. One of the pastors was speaking was a guy from Dearborn, and the pastor saying that, you cannot bully me, preventing me to, pre- to talk about the gospel. We are in the United States of America. He said, no, you are not in the United States of America. You are in Dearborn, Michigan. This literally happened. The pastor was shocked. So we went there. And first day, like here we came to local pastors. Pastor in Assemblies of God. The biggest church. And he said, okay, I'm going to bring the map and tell you where to go. This area, 20,000 people, they support Hezbollah. Are you familiar with Hezbollah? Lebanon? Okay. Don't go there. I said, what's the problem, Pastor? They have their own rangers. They watch people. So when you go into their area and they see you doing suspicious stuff like giving away something, they call the police directly. And the police come. And they tell, he is disturbing the peace of the area. We don't want him here. Then the police have to kick you out. And you sign a permission that you, you don't come to Dearborn again. So I said, okay, so what, what, what do you think? I said, and the other area, they support Al-Qaeda in America. They send money to Al-Qaeda. 
political leaders, can they solve the problem? No. Because there is no political solution for a spiritual problem. Islam is a spiritual virus. It's a spiritual problem. Again, I love Muslims so much. I don't want you to... I'm not talking about Muslims. I'm speaking about Islam. You get my point? There's a big difference. So, so don't go to the area where Al-Qaeda, they are bad. They're brutal. So, you know, we listened and we went home. Lord, what do you want us to do? We are here to do what you want. He, God said clearly, go only to these two areas. Only to these two areas. So we went for three days in this area, three days in the other area. God opened the door miraculously. We prayed with people. We knocked on the door. People gave their lives to Jesus on the door. They talk about their problems while they are talking to us. We grab people in the streets. We saw God is, is wonderfully. We saw God wonderfully in the streets. Then when we came back, two pastors asked me, so what's the next step? I said, oh, I need to relax. <laughs> but when I tell anyone who was thinking to relax on earth, there is no relax for Christians. It's only in heaven. It's only in heaven. Because even when you relax here, when you, when you got some comfort, you return back to work. <laughs> there is no real relax. So I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we are going to pray as a team. God said, London, next time. So 10, year, 10 months ago, we started praying for London and preparing for it. And God allowed us to contact with the Arabic church, where we are going after this church directly, to Arabic church in Acton, I think. Acton, Acton is correct, is the name? Yeah, Acton, you have me. an Acton. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to this place, and we are willing to, as the pastor said, we are willing to spread the gospel, and we are encouraging anyone. I leave my phone here. Anyone wanna go? Wanna have a one, a one hour, two hours to go with us for the gospel? We deeply encourage this. We deeply in- give me a call, arrange with me, just. Pay four or five uh, pounds in the train. Come and join us as we are talking to people in the streets. This is how you learn. This is how I learn to witness to people. It's not by teaching only. It's not by, uh, by, uh, by biblical teaching only. It's by going out also. You got my point? So we are here in London. We thank you so much for opening the time. Thank you so much for... Uh, you're changing the schedule, and I apologize for. Where is Elder Mike? Who, who the the El- Mark? Who you, who who will speak? I apologize for him. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. I thank you so much again, and God bless you. Thank you. No, this is helpless. Is this loud enough? Okay. Well, there's one thing that, and, and I was sharing with uh, Daniel when I, a little while ago, that I was uh, here in London about 16 years ago. And I visited some churches, some very famous churches, that in England's history, they were sending missionaries to the whole world. Big churches. You could seat easily a thousand people. If you go there on a Sunday morning, there might be 20. And they're all in their 70s and 80s. There was no next generation. That's what I was telling him this, this morning. I really love what I see here. I see lots of young families with children. Because one of the things I think that it hap- has happened here uh, for a, a long stretch of time is they have a saying sometimes that church is for, for old women and young babies. <laughs> because in people's minds, they've lost the significance of God's word. And they've lost the significance of who Jesus is and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. How many of you here have come to Christ in the last 
Two years. Raise your hand. Five years. Twenty years. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord used about the same number of people as is in this first three rows right here in one generation to turn the whole Roman Empire on its ear. About this first three rows. With that many people devoted to Jesus Christ and to getting the gospel out, turned the whole Roman Empire on its ear to the point where they did not know what to do to squash it, to stop it. Because the more pressure they put on, the further it reached. The, the more fire they put on them, and then they just poured water on it and just spread it further. And they just carried the gospel with them wherever they were fleeing to. to and they just couldn't understand the thinking. Why are these people... The thing that they couldn't grasp hold of is this love that they have. I'll, I'll share with you one thing that they did. And they, 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 even they started getting legal proceedings to try to figure out how do we stop these people? What are they doing? For some reason, and here's the reason, because they believe that every human being is created in the image of God. They, they would go out and uh, in, in, in part of the areas uh, of, the, of the Greek, Greek and Grecian culture, sometimes when they, people would die, they would just leave them. Uh, they wouldn't even bury them. They would just let them rot or whatever. And the Christians started going and just telling them, can we give your grandmother, your aunt, your whatever, um, a, a, a respectable funeral, and we will pay for it. And people, they were willing to do that, and that just started something. And then they said, why are these people doing this? They don't even know these people. But it gave them an opportunity to share that everyone is created in the image of God, and this is the God that we serve. And... It is because of that and the love that God has for every human being that we want to do this. No expenses to you. We just want to do this as a form of even us worshiping our God. And it opened doors for people to want to hear. If you just lost your aunt or your, your son or your daughter and somebody came to you at your, your weakest point, you're hurting the most, and they brought hope and they opened a window of fresh air to come in. Wouldn't you listen? And they did. And it just spread. And it started in, not in the, the, the seats of power. It started with the people. And there was no stopping it. You can pass laws. That doesn't stop it. You can try uh, militarily. That's why I, I, I love where the Bible says that the weapons our warfare is, is are not carnal. If you dig a little deeper into it, it means our weapons are not limited to just flesh and blood and, and bombs and, and guns. We're not limited that way. We have much stronger weapons that go to the heart of the matter, to the spirit and to the soul of mankind that is yearning to know the love of God. There was a young lady that me and Diane were sharing with yesterday afternoon. And we were just walking down the street and for some reason the, the Lord put it on Diane's heart. Let's just lean against this wall. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> Let's just lean against this wall. Okay, so we sat there leaning against this wall. We had an opportunity to share with a lot of people right there. And this young lady, um, and uh, she's uh, half Iranian, half Pakistani. And we got a chance to talk to her for quite some time. And, but I can tell you this, when I looked into her eyes, and she was full dressed, I mean, the full, uh, the whole thing. But when I talked to her about the love of God, I could see it in her eye. That's what she wants. She, she wants to, she, she knows about Muhammad. She knows about Allah. She knows about good deeds. And she thinks that's the only way to get to heaven. And, and, and even then, though, as we pointed out, even Mohammed at the end of his life said, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. I'm going to have to hope that God is merciful. But their whole message is, you have to do good deeds. That's the pathway. But that's not the pathway. As Christians, we know that we are called to do good deeds. Amen. 
But it's not to get to heaven, but it's because we love God and because we are, we are called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and be out of gratitude in my heart as a service to worship God. Yes, I do good works because the Bible says we are created to do that in Christ Jesus. In, because we are in Christ Jesus. The Lord opens many doors and even is back in the States. Because there's a, a lot of times people feel intimidated to go. And as uh, the brother was sharing, uh, Arizona State University. They have 65,000 people there from all over the world. There's a mosque right there. And that's where we go a lot of times on Fridays. And I have yet maybe two American Muslims that I've talked to. All the rest of them are from Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, all over the Middle East. And when we train people and we take them for the first time, we ask them, just pray. Just stand there with us and pray. You don't have to say a word. But I have yet to find one of them before that day is done. They're just itching. Because once they see how easy it is to start the conversation... They get emboldened, and then now they want to share. Because it's hard, if you really have the message, the power to change somebody's eternity, their family's eternity, and you know it, it's like an explosion waiting to happen inside of you. It's hard to hold it back when you see the door open. When you see that door open, and that, that's the door the Lord has opened for you, he asks one thing, just step. Take the step. The children of Israel, when they're walking, going into the promised land, as they're just getting ready to enter, there's a big block in front of them. It is a river, the Jordan River. And it was at flood stage. And they're, well, how are we? The Lord said, I'm not going to do anything until your feet step in that water. So do you trust me? When the priest's foot hit the water, he divided it as they entered into the promised land. Sometimes the biggest challenge is taking that step. Take that first step. Pray and ask God, give me the words. Because as Christians, we know this is the word of God. This is the words of life, eternal life. And there, don't think of Islam as this this big monstrous thing that, that intimidates you. They're just people who need to know Jesus. They're people blinded by religion. As my brother was sharing, they're just like the Apostle Paul, blinded with religion, thinking in all their fervency, they're serving God. And think about that, that uh, I don't know if any of you, maybe when you've got real bad news on the phone or something, and just about that right as it's happening, that pit going on in your stomach that just, oh man, it bothers you. Think about him when... Jesus Christ appears to him. And if you read the account, Jesus had to introduce himself to Paul. As he, as he, he knocked him off his horse, he's blinded, he's on the ground, and he's, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul asked him, Saul at that time, Saul of Tarsus, he asked him, well, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus the one you are persecuting. Your problem is not with my followers. Your problem is with me. So let's just talk. <laughs> let's just talk and get it over with. And, and God took him from religious fervor, going in the wrong direction, and brought him into a right relationship with God. And he had to start all over. Think about this. He was a man, you could say, with double doctorate degrees. And he had to go back to the nursery. <laughs> he had to go all the way back and have the Lord Jesus teach him the scriptures the right way. But then, once he came into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you couldn't stop him. You, it didn't matter the roadblock. It didn't matter. He would go into town and they'd stone him and, and they'd leave him for dead. He, uh, you read the accounts in the, in the scriptures. He got up, dusted himself off, went right back in. Uh, wherever the Lord opened the doors, he was there. One of the things in church history 
England was known for so long as sending missionaries to reach the world. My country, the United States, has a lot of the same history. We sent missionaries to the whole world. And right now, America doesn't know who we are anymore because we've lost the vision, the sight of where, where, what was our purpose? What is our purpose? I know that when uh, the original, what we call pilgrims, left Europe and went to the United States, they went as missionaries. And there's a very famous painting of the, the, the captain and the boat of the ship who took them in America and leaving, coming back to Europe, and they're standing on the shore waving. Bye, we're not, we're not going back. He begged them to come back because that first winter a lot of them died. And they're like, that's okay. We are going to die here in this land. We have one purpose, and that's to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to this land. And even if we die and it's the next generation that makes the big, the big push, so be it. How many of you think you're getting out of this thing alive? <laughs> We don't get out of this life alive. Maybe if the Lord takes us home, uh, raptures us home, yes. But other than that, sooner or later, every one of us are going to be the guest of honor at a funeral. Sooner or later. But what have we done with the time that God has given us? I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. And one, the first one is out of Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah 52, starting at verse 7, it says... How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your watchmen shall lift up their feet, their voices. With their voices they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion Break forth into joy, singing together. Your wasteland places of Jerusalem, you wasteland places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arm. And that means he's showing forth, he's revealing his strength. He's showing forth all that in his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. London is like a mega city in the world. People from all over the world come here. And whether they're coming here and they're Muslim or whether they're coming here and whatever, and they're just outside of Christ, it wasn't generations ago that needs to be, well, that's the high water mark. That's the best that we've ever going to reach, and now we're just going to you know, waste away. Like I said, I'm really encouraged to see you young people here with your children because I see that the significance of the, the Word of God is coming back, and, and you pass that to the next generation. Prepare them. Pour into their life so that they have something to share with their children. I share sometimes... With, uh, with children and, and young kids sometimes and at colleges and, and universities and uh, sometimes especially if I'm talking to a youth group and I tell them something, I always get the weirdest look. They're like, is he crazy? <laughs> I can tell a, a young woman, uh, a teenage woman and tell her, God, I need you, you to see who he really is. He can see your great-grandchildren taking their last breath. That's because who he is. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm only a teenager. I don't even have, I'm not even married yet. I don't have, you're talking about great grandchildren. That's who God is. Because he's above all. And he sees all. And he could see your next generation and the generation after that. And he loves them. And he sent his son to die for them as he did for you. And he wants you to share that with others. And just be prepared. All you have to do is share what God has done in your life. You, you don't have to know the whole Bible. You don't have, as brother, you don't have to have a, a, a seminary degree. You need to know Jesus Christ and ask him to fill, him, fill you with his spirit and trust him for the words. That's a big part. That's that, like that first step. Trust him for the words. And sometimes it's as easy as having a tract in your pocket 
and saying, can I give you a gift? And many times they, they, they'll take the gift or sometimes they'll, they'll say, no, no, I don't want it. And how's this? If, if I'm talking to a Muslim, the prophet accepted a gift. Will you? Very rarely will they say no after that. They will take it and that's the, that is the door opening to then just ask them a question. As I've heard my brother Daniel say, I, I tell you how many times. God forbid you should die today. Where will you be? What happens then? Because I know in Islam, they don't have a guarantee. They have no guarantee. Even their prophet, on his, at the end of his life, he said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. If I'm going to make it, I will just need to trust in the mercy of God. And that opens the door to ask one more question. What if there was a guaranteed way? Usually they're like, well, there is no guarantee. And I, I'm fine. I, okay. But let me just ask you a question. What if there was? If there was a guaranteed way to be in heaven with God forever, shouldn't you take the opportunity to at least investigate? And usually they'll think about that and then you just start sharing very short scriptures with them that show them here is the way to God and here's a guaranteed way to be with God forever and just watch what the Lord will do. Many times he challenges them. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their demeanor sometimes and, and, and it's okay if people are getting angry. My brother Jim just before he finally gave in to the Lord, he was a very violent man. If you shared the gospel with him, you better be at least 10 feet away because he was getting ready to knock. He, he will get violent fast. It's because the Lord was stirring in his heart and he was resisting it and he didn't want anything to do it. Have you ever shared with somebody and they get mad really quick because the Lord is like pricking at their heart. He's pinching at their heart and they don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Because he won't let them even rest. And sometimes I tell them, I'm going to pray that the Lord won't let you sleep tonight, that he visit you tonight. (laughs) And they don't know what to say with that. (laughs) But when he does, and he sets them free, not free with like physical chains breaking, but free in their heart and their mind just to worship the God that they've heard about. But now that he puts his spirit in them, changes their destiny, Changes their eternity. We uh, have many uh, witnesses of people that have come to Christ who used to be people that would strap on bombs and willing to die for jihad. Not a question. Coming to Christ and now you can't stop them because they would say, I was perfectly willing to strap a bomb on and die for jihad Why now that I have the real truth, why would I stop? Some of these brothers are, they just get a little table like that size, sitting in the West Bank in Israel and over in the Gaza Strip with a little table just handing out tracts. And some of them have said, I know I've got one year, maybe two years, and then something's going to happen. But you know what? I'm going to shine however long that time the Lord gives me for the be significant for the kingdom of God. I love seeing this congregation here this morning, but like I, let me remind you again. The history of the church in England was powerful. They lost their vision just much like they did in the United States. We've kind, of, we've kind of, the churches there don't know, do we want to be a Disneyland where we just come and clap and, and be rich and have big buildings and, and all that? Or do we want to be significant for the kingdom of God? And you know what? If my candle only burns 10 years, let it burn bright. Let it burn bright. If it burns out, if I get old and wear out, that's okay. That's in the Lord's hands. But what I don't want to do is when I'm 80 years old, think, you know, I should have done that. How many parents here in this country, when their children grow up and they see 
they just leave the church, even when they've been bringing them to church, but they, they, they just thought it was the idea of the church to raise them. They just took them to church, and they never poured into them the life from the gospel to know Jesus Christ. Because what happens a lot of times, I know in America, once they reach 18, they leave, and they're gone. That, that is a, a bad problem. That is, there's something wrong. Because they're just going to church because their parents bring them or make them. How much better when God, the God of their parents, is not the God of their parents anymore. When Jesus Christ is their Savior, their Lord. In the United States, there's one other problem, and I won't keep you here very much longer. I'm almost done. People, I went to church for over 20 years. Did not know anything. Did not know the Lord. I could tell you stories. I could tell you all kinds of stories about in the Bible. Because after 20 years, you kind of have to catch on. <laughs> I got the gist of it. But I didn't know Jesus. When I came to know him, it was like the light went on. It was a whole different day. The pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa in Southern California, was my first pastor when I got saved. I would sit there in church and I could not believe what he was teaching. He just happened to be teaching through the book of Romans. And it was like he was unrolling my life every week. I was like, what is going on? How does he know these things about me? He doesn't even know me. It's because the word of God is alive and it's powerful. It's a sharp two-edged sword that's sharper than any sharp blade anybody could think of. And here's what the Bible says. How sharp is it? How detailed can it get? It can divide between the bone and the marrow of the bone. Well, okay. But how about dividing between the soul and the spirit? That's pretty tight. How about further? It is able to reveal to you why you think the things you think. Why you do the things you do. Because it's alive. It's not just ink on a page. I'll close with one thing. This is a portion of a prayer that Jesus Christ prayed to his father. And it's out of John chapter 17. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's our job, church. To introduce people to Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we gather We gather and it's awesome to be able to worship the Lord in song. I was sitting back in the room back there as you guys started. And uh, almost all those songs we sing back at my church. And I was, oh, I love listening to people worship God. And and that is awesome. And that's good. We, We come here to get encouraged and strengthened. But it's not just to gain knowledge. It's now. What do we do with this? Take it to those who don't know. A pastor of mine told me many years ago, I'm just a blind beggar who found where the bread was and I'm out taking other people to come and find this bread, the bread of life. And he wants to use you to reach this city. I, again, I love seeing all you young faces out there. It is awesome because the significance of Jesus Christ and his word is getting a flame that's being relit And he's going to use you to reach this community, reach this city for his kingdom, for his kingdom's cause. And he's choosing to use you. It's not just the pastors. The pastors, they've got a busy job. Believe me, I'm a pastor. I know. And but you know what? My my pastor told me one time, and it, it makes sense. Sheep beget sheep. The pastors do not beget sheep. That's a problem. Sheep beget sheep. As we are the sheep of his pasture, we go out and take that message to this city. Take that message, whether it's... Now, God has put a call to us to really reach out to the Muslims. And, and again, if any of you want to uh, just come along with us and, and, and we can train you. And it's, it's very easy. It's very easy. But what about where you work? What about where you go to school? What about where you shop? What about where you live? Do they know Jesus Christ? 
ask, I'm going to, this will be, I know I'm a pastor and sometimes I do four closings, but this is my last closing. (laughs) I'm going to challenge you to pray a very dangerous prayer. Ask God how he wants to use you. And we have a, a saying in the United States, don't put him in a box. Take the top off the box. Pray a very dangerous prayer and then throw away the box and the top and let him speak to your heart. And he will empower you. He will give you the courage, the boldness when it's needed. He'll give you the wisdom as what to share because he knows what's going on in that person's life. He knows what they need and he knows they're an empty shell without his spirit filling them. And because they're empty, they fill it with all kinds of other stuff. Temporary stuff goes away. Eternity, that's more important. And he will use you to reach people. And that will spread. Because now they have hope. And now they have a reason for life. They will take that to somebody else. And it will just spread. This city, the Spirit of God will inflame this city for his kingdom. And he wants to use you. Young people, don't wait until you're old. Don't wait until you're like my age. You have strength. You have endurance. You have, this is your time to reach where you're at and watch what God will do. If he could reach the whole Roman Empire with about this many, what can he do in this city with this many? Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, so thank you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to ask Brother Daniel if he'll come and if he'll pray for us. And Brother, if, if, if you will pray for us, if you pray for us in English, but also pray for us in Arabic. Pray for us in your language, because I know you can get passionate if you can pray in your own language. Amen. So, Brother, would you pray for us as a church as we try to respond to the call we don't know what this fully means and what the implications are but we want to respond and and um is it, it would that would, would that be a fair would that be fair um so brother you can do thursday amen in a, in a day off like saturday or sunday after churches in the evening we can go in like Edgeware Street where most Arabs and Muslims if you like or we can come here we are very flexible the, the great thing that I encourage each one of you if you go a couple of times outside you will be trained we are not the trainers the Holy Spirit is a trainer the Holy Spirit is a trainer Amen so let me pray in Arabic Amen <laughs> يا رب نعطيك المجد والكرامة لأنك أنت إله عظيم صانع العجائب العظام وحدك نسجد وننحني ليك يا رب لأنك أنت الممجد في وسط الكنيسة في وسط القدسين يا رب نعطيك المجد والكرامة يا رب تعالى بروحك القدوس النهاردة يا رب وانزل علينا باسم المسيح الحي باسم المسيح الحي تعالى يا رب وانزل علينا وإلمس من روحك كل واحد فينا يا رب عشان خاطر اسم يسوع اطلقنا رب جنود في الجيش يا رب لحماية انجلترا ولحماية لندن يا رب لحماية أولادنا باسم المسيح الحي خلينا يا رب نكون رجال نقف في الصغر علشان اسمك يعلى ويعلى جلالك فوق الكون يا رب نعطيك المجد والكرامة باسم المسيح الحي Lord we thank you today Lord because we are in your presence all your saints in your hands Lord they are obeying your orders in the name of Jesus Lord there is an order from our commander there are under order from our commander today go my soldier to the field it's not it's not it's not the time now to stay in a city as citizens it's a time to go to the fight as soldiers of Jesus Christ Lord as we see people around us as we see the evil and the spiritual battle against us is strong and violent it's a time to go to the field now so I pray Lord in the name of Jesus that the message of today Lord come like a fire on every one of us Lord and it will burn out and it burn up any 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 excuses Lord any 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 relinquish any 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 time Lord we we don't want to go any 
any carnal feeling that the fire of God will burn this out, Lord. And the same God, at the same time, Lord, that the fire of God make us zealous for the work, Lord, reaching out to people. Lord, I pray for a spirit of encouragement to come to anyone who got frustrated or intimidated from the spirit of Islam coming from this religion lord in the name of jesus i pray lord against the spirit of intimidation that uh, that lord they come on the world all the world lord when we hear about the the brutal way lord and uh, how violent they are they got intimidated lord uh, but we won't as a church we will never receive the spirit of fear we will never in the name of jesus receive the spirit of fear but we will receive the spirit of uh, uh, sound mind the encouragement uh, um Power, thank you. I'm trying to translate it. Uh, power and, and sound mind in the name of Jesus. The power of God come on us, Lord. That it's a time now to stand up. It's a time now to say no. No for fleeing from, from uh, the, the army of God. It's a time now to join the army of God. So I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. To make this time, Lord, is, uh, to make this week, Lord, is a time of fasting. And praying, Lord, equip us for the ministry. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We, 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 we cannot, I cannot do anything from myself, Lord. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot even open my mouth and talk. But because of your power, Lord, because you said in the Bible, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you will be my witness. I pray, Lord, for this church to be on fire all the time. Anoint us with the oil, Lord. Anoint us with the oil, Lord, that we can have the gifts of the Holy Spirit extending it to people outside. People outside, Lord, are in a very, very miserable situation. Open our eyes to see this. Open our ears to hear them crying in their misery. They're crying in their despair. They're crying in their disappointment. They're crying, Lord. People commit suicide. Very rich people commit suicide. They are miserable. They are devastated. They are deprived, Lord. So help us, Lord, to extend the grace of God through our hands and through our words to them, Lord. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, a blessing of the, the staff here, Lord, the, the wonderful pastors who are taking care of the, the flock, Lord. I pray, Lord, the blessings over them spiritually, physically, and also financially in the name of Jesus. Lord, also I pray for any bondage, Lord, any bondage of addiction. Any bondage of addiction, Lord. Any bondage of uh, looking to bad stuff over the internet. Any bondage to be broken in the name of Jesus right now. Lord, I pray, Lord, for a time of deliverance for anyone who wanna, who wanna, who wanna, uh, who wanna uh, not not to obey the Lord. Bring your fear again to our uh, to us, Lord. Bring your fear to our lives. Bring your fear. Let's have the fear of the Lord, the genuine fear of the Lord, that we can have it in our lives, and we 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 we. we we, we more than we respect you because Lord, the fear of the Lord let the Lord be your fear let the Lord be your dread Lord I pray Lord that you be the commander you'll be the master in our eyes in our houses give you the greatest honor we can give to anyone Lord give us the real fear of Lord give us the real fear of Lord Lord I pray for our times to free our times that we, as we ties for our money, as we ties our money, we ties our time also. Lord, we have many hours spent somewhere. Belongs to you. It's not ours. We have many time we wasted, but no wasting time anymore. In the name of Jesus, we restore our time back. We put it on the altar. We put it on the altar. Lord, help us to tear down our schedules and put a new schedules when you will be the first. When you will be the first, Lord. It's a time now, Lord, to touch every one of us, including me, going towards more obedience because our time on earth is short and we want to glorify you and lift you up in every moment. Lord, again, I pray, Lord, for this flock, Lord, especially for the kids, Lord. These are the future of England. This will carry the gospel. So I pray, Lord, that they won't be deviated to the right or to the left from your way. Protect our kids, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let them be a blessing to the coming generation. As you said to Abraham, I will bless, 
I will bless the nations and you and in your progeny. I will bless all the nations. We pray, Lord, that the kids in this church, Lord, the kids, the Christian kids in England, to be shining the light again for restoration of England soon in the name of Jesus. We will be working towards this day, Lord. We will be we, we see, Lord, if a tunnel, if the tunnel is long, but we see a light in the end of the tunnel, we will be we will be we will be working towards this this day, Lord. Until we see a revival in England, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, by a board of blessings over this congregation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. more about us visit our website at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org or find us on facebook and twitter at cc south london join us next time for more of god's truth to transform your reality